to the Working Hands Podcast. I'm your host, Tony of Woodland Iron, joined by Keith of Blackthorn Concepts. And this week, we have Matt Viz of I Know A Guy. What's going on, boys? Hi. How are you? What's going on, Viz? I'm doing well. Happy to be here. I've uh, been enjoying quite a bit of Working Hands as of late, and <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's great to you know join your boys here. Yeah, we're happy to have you. Yeah, it's good. Uh, I'd like to start the show by thanking Sabretooth, one of our sponsors. If you go to sabretooth.com, you can pick up all your power carving needs, such as burrs, discs, anything. And they have all sorts of stuff and various grits. Um, it's good to check them out. If you use code WH, you can save 10% off your order. That's excellent. I honestly, if they could have came like in the snap of my fingers, I was thinking about using those to do some of that work on that clock thing I was working on this week. Some of the little shaping and carving i took some files out and i was like oh saber tooth would have been the would have been the move here for sure yeah for sure if you're only doing light stuff like that you should get the whisper burrs are cool the white ones uh they hardly take much i mean they still take much uh, like a lot off if you lean in on them but they're pretty good yeah for sure you can spin the dremel real slow and just kind of take it easy getting in there yep save yourself a little bit of uh you know the pushing and pulling but handwork isn't the worst no especially on that clock so is that what you've been working on this week, that clock? Yeah. No, I, it's honestly the main focus of the week. I had a bunch of cherry built-ins that I had constructed and did not have the ability to move right away. So the shop was a little jammed up and that was the perfect, you know, small little project that I could work on. Not really, you know, swinging big sheets of plywood around or anything like that. So worked out well. The guy came by on Friday, saw it, was super happy. We agreed on a finish and that's really all that's left is sanding it up, assembling and throwing some of that vesting LED on there, baby. <laughs> nice. Yeah. What, um, tell us about this clock. Like what happened? Like, how did you get, is your, well, let's back up. You are a, like, what is your business? Cabinet making? Yeah. So it's actually, it's funny. We started off on this kind of oddball project. Yeah. My main work is cabinet making, cabinet doors. Um, been trying to push into making a little bit more furniture grade stuff as of late. A uh, customer was, you know, willing to take a chance and take that job on with me, not having a ton of experience doing that exact thing, but you know, enough cabinet doors had been made where I was ready to take the plunge and make one out of some really nice stuff. So uh, the cherry project just came through the shop and that was a set of built-ins custom made for a customer. And yeah, kitchens have been as, you know, part of the projects I worked on this year, uh, did a lot of painting on those and trying to move away from that a little bit, get into the hardwoods and some of the more beautiful stuff, you know, where you can really let the wood speak as opposed to having a, you know, four coats of paint, tons of sanding, making a mess. It's nicer to do that. Yeah. Some of those kitchens you did earlier in the year were pretty cool too. Yeah. That light, that light blue one was amazing. Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah, there's definitely been a trend of, you know, doing the outsides or the uppers of a white or a light color and then, you know, offsetting it with either a darker colored island or I did actually didn't paint it, but installed one maybe a year and a half ago that was um, a hunter green island, which looked really sharp as well. Hmm. Oh, nice. Nice. So you're a you're a one man shop or? Yeah, at this point. Yeah, I had the fortune of hiring a. 17 year old over the summer so he didn't have really any experience doing anything like this but i had him doing a bunch of the finishing work uh sanding stuff basically you know basically had him working at a safe place in the shop away from all the big dangerous equipment and uh you know kept his fingers all 10 of his fingers for the about i think he was here about 10 weeks uh start to finish and i knew from the beginning obviously it was a short-term thing he had to go back and do his senior year of high school but 
Um, I was by myself. I started this business in 2018. I was by myself all the way up until, you know, beginning of July when he came on. And then, you know, as since he's gone back to school, beginning of September, I've been back to being alone. So it's, uh, it was definitely a good experience to hire somebody, you know, learn how to do the payroll stuff, the taxes, all those types of things behind the scenes, understand actually when you're paying somebody X dollars an hour, what it actually costs on the, you know, the business owner side is way more than you would think. Yeah. So it's just kind of, you know, it's like I said, it's all part of growing and learning. And I thought it was good to kind of start with somebody like that where I, I wasn't committed to like, you know, giving somebody a career right off the bat. And it, it worked out well. And unfortunately, like I said, right now I am alone, but there is, you know, a help wanted sign sitting out there in the parking lot. So I'm just kind of testing the waters again, seeing who I can find and, you know, start to understand, you know, who's out there. If I can go a little bit higher in the skill level and dollar per hour, great. Or if it's just another helper for now, that's also really not not too bad because the shop is, I mean, you can't really see it from this camera angle, but goodness, it is an absolute mess in here. So I could use some hands no matter how skilled. Yeah. Just having somebody clean up FDAs would make you, anyone, a lot more productive. Keeping the shop organized and certainly does. But it would be nice to have a craftsman in there to help you. There's days, yeah. It's just just kind of finding that good stream of work coming in where you could really, you know, promise somebody that, hey, we got this caliber of work all the time. You know, I'm going to have you here 40 hours a week, X, Y, and Z, and try to, you know, go from there because. I'm not really at that point right now where, yes, I can keep myself busy and pay the bills and everything else, but we're not quite ready to, you know, take that leap. And all it really takes is, you know, a couple more good relationships with people and getting us, you know, a bunch of jobs are coming in. Wow, I'm really backed up. Bam, we make the choice and try to hire somebody. But it's it all starts with that sign outside and try to, you know, at least meet a couple more potential candidates. Because that first kid that walked in over the summer, I said, let's go. (laughs) It wasn't much of a selection process, you know? Yeah, but that's good, though. Yeah, no, it's it's awesome. Um, what about you guys? What have you been working on this week? Uh, right now, I'm mainly just working on my make what you fear, not make what you fear. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the maker swap for the for maker camp. Uh, just working, still fighting with it. It's bigger project than I expected, but uh, I'm having to change a few things, and then we'll hopefully have it done for for camp time. But it's it's coming down to a crunch now. <laughs> Well, and you have leaving less crunch time. You got to plan a couple of days of travel time in there. You're probably weekends on like Tuesday or something. I, I I could be here at the shop Thursday night, you know, cranking something out, trying to finish. You you got to be getting on your way. Yeah, I'll be, uh, it's, it's actually not too bad. My intent is to go down on Thursday and then okay. go, go from there, but it's, it's a 10 hour drive still. So not much, not much can be done on, uh, well, Wednesday's kind of my last day. So for those of you. you listening to this today, the day it comes out. We're recording uh, about a week early, so we all have a lot more time. If you're listening to this the day before it comes out, you're probably on your way to Maker Camp. So <laughs> good luck. I hope your item is done. Time's up. Yeah, I haven't uh, I haven't been doing too much. Well, that's a lie. I've been quite busy. I haven't been doing too much in my shop. I spent this weekend at Underground Metalworks. I took, a, I took another two-day course down there and uh, went pretty well. How'd that go? I, I see if saw well, I saw videos from the after party. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll tell that story in a second. But um, yeah, the welding went good. Uh, I am still horrible at MIG for some reason. Um, but the TIG, like we did one day of MIG, one day of TIG, and the TIG went okay for me. I think it's easier. Um, really? Yeah. Most people say that's the more difficult. I. 
I don't think that, but most people think that's the more difficult. Uh... They do. And I was talking to Stephanie about it and I'm like, I'm like, why do I like this much better? She's like, it's calmer. I'm like, I don't think that's it. She's like, well, that, that mega arc is violent. You know, I'm like, I think it's that I can start the puddle and then I feed on my own. And I, you know, like it's the ballet yeah. of the whole situation. Like it's at my pace where when I pull that trigger, it's go time with the MIG, you know? And I think it's just, it throws me off. I don't know. No, you really got to move. I, I can kind of, I, when you first said it, I was, you know, agreeing with Tony. I was thinking that's kind of, you know, not what you would expect to hear, but the more you talk about it, I mean, I don't have enough skill to enjoy TIG because I haven't successfully really done it, but um, you know, I have had MIG work out fine in the past with the machine I have, but that maybe that's, you know, just cause whatever, I, I've never been properly trained on how to do really any process. It's all self-taught stuff. Yeah. I wouldn't say I'm a master welder by any stretch in TIG or MIG. Um, and I certainly wouldn't weld up anything that my life had to depend on, but, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm there as well. Like I've done, I've done all three processes um stick tig and mig but i've never been really good with aluminum that's a if you try doing aluminum tig that's also fairly violent because it's it's a ac current and it just screams at you when you start it like it's so loud it's crazy screams and um but yeah i i kind of agree with you with the tig because it is it's generally lighter work it's thinner work like it's not it's not heavy stuff and well, just, I, I was I was making up some half inch steel today. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, you can you, with a TIG is you can really dial that in, and you can it, your time with the arc going just more or less affects how deep you can get penetration with it. But I find, yeah, that it is way calmer. But a lot of people talk about like the prep time with TIG is, is a lot. Like there there can't be rust, there can't be paint, there can't be anything. MIG, they say the same thing, but it will live, it will live through a little bit of paint or a little it's bit a, of rust. It's a metal glue gun. <laughs> yeah. And then stick welding is, I mean, yeah, basically be covered in shit and it would burn through it. <laughs> right. Yeah. But it was fun. I did a, I did a project that I'll show you guys on Sunday at Maker Camp. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was fun. I had a good time down there. I was there with, um, Matthew Serio. What's you gotta, you gotta say his name right. You gotta say his name right. What's his handle? The whole part. I forget his handle. Oh, do, do you? <laughs> Artigino Sorio. That's it. Yeah, that guy. Uh, so he came down for the open house down there over the summer, and he signed up for the class. And then um, I put him for drawing in one of class. So I'm like, oh, let me go with him. You know. And he brought his two kids down, his son and his daughter, and that was fun to hang out with them. So last night on Saturday, like it was a Saturday and Sunday. So Saturday night we went out to dinner, the four of us. And um, it was, that's the Saturday right after the Bliss episode with the hamster saddles. So we wound up going to the mall, which was like in between where the school is and where I live. And, uh, they wanted to get hibachi, so we went to the mall. There was a hibachi place in the mall. So, so we're in the mall, and this little girl comes by on one of those, like, ride-on animals. What would you call it? It's like a go-kart type thing that you ride around the mall. 
They're, oh, my daughters like, have been on it before. I forget what they, the, like critters like, or something. I can't Yeah, remember. it's like powered, but they have a name for them. And that these kids ride them around the mall. It's like something to do. It's like a ride, but you control it, right? So I, the, the, like, we were just like hanging out talking after dinner. And this girl comes past us. And we all turn our heads. And all of, all of us at the same time go, I wonder if there's a hamster. <laughs> so we went to... <laughs> We went to find the kiosk. So we walk, we walk through them all. We find where they're like given out. And I walk up to the guy and I'm like, is there a hamster? He goes, no, man, there's no hamster. I've never had anyone ask for a hamster. Cause they're all like, like there's a panda, there's an elephant, there's a couple of unicorns, there's a hippo, like bigger animals. You know, he's like, I've never had anyone ask for a hamster. Why would you want to ride a hamster? I was like, I don't know. So Matt's kids like, oh yeah, I want to go. I want to go. And he's 13. And he's a big 13. Like he looks like he's 20. Right. So he's like, I want to ride one. And we were lo- like all joking, like, oh yeah, I'd ride it too. And we're standing there. And the guy who runs the kiosk is operating like five different kiosks in the little area of the mall. So he's like bouncing around. So he's not around us at this point. So finally he comes over, jumps on one of these things and goes to another kiosk. And we're like, oh, I guess there isn't a weight limit. <laughs> Let's try this out. So the guy comes back over. Cause we're still standing there just like BSing. And we're like, can we rent one of these? He's like, sure, why not? Like, I don't care, right? So uh, Emilio, Matt's kid's like, oh, all right, I'll get on there. And Matt's like, I'm only paying if he gets on it. He points at me. I was like, you think I won't get on one? Let's do this. (laughs) So I hop on a unicorn and we're like going around. I'm like, I'm going to race you. So we're going through and they're not made for adults, right? You don't really fit on it. it. It moves you, but you don't really fit on it. And I went to turn the wheel because there was people up ahead. I wasn't close to them, but I wanted to go to the other side of the mall. And we're like racing through the mall. But I wanted to move over so that they didn't have to move. And I turned the wheel and my foot got stuck in the leg of this thing. This is all like in your way. And I turned the thing over and face planted right, right into the mall floor in front of a crowd of people. Oh, man. Luckily for me, there's no video of it, but now there's a recording about it. So, <laughs> uh, That's awesome. But so then I, I made like Matt get on one, and there's a reel on my Instagram about it. Yeah. So I, I had to text my 12-year-old daughter to find out what they're called, because they have them here as well. And they call them stuffy riders. Stuffy riders. Interesting. Yeah. That's what they call them here. So They are after, fun, though. After, after that, I had to, I'm going to have to check check out our mall and see if they have a, a hamster as well <laughs> i've honestly never heard of them but now that you know it's on my radar it's the first thing i'm going to be looking for next time i go to the mall yeah so my my oldest came home one day and was like yeah we went to the mall and they had these things you could ride around like scooters and i was like what do you mean and then she shows me a video of her and her friends on these little stuffed animal things so yeah it's uh it looks like it's a blast, and I was surprised that they were able to. Uh, <laughs> you guys were able to move on them. Yeah, it was pretty good. We had a lot of fun. You would think there was drinking involved. You would be mistaken. Which is pretty good. That that's that's still surprising, even after you've told me that twice already. But I'm I'm still questioning. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. <laughs> it looked like it. Tilly, his daughter, got on one, and she was riding around. It was fun. Where are those guys local to? They are in Pennsylvania. Okay. They're, they're I don't know. 
They're like in the middle of like Philadelphia and Allentown, if you know Pennsylvania. Yeah, I spent a brief period of college in Pennsylvania, so around that go? area. Where'd I went you go? To Laf- I went to Lafayette for a glorious uh, nine months. Oh, they're closer to Kutztown. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't doing much driving around either. I just kind of got dropped there and then, you know, I came back and they said, no more Matt. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that what got you into what you do now? Uh, yeah. Well, let's, let's, let's launch off from there. So I uh, came back from that short stint of college, uh, worked a job at a golf course for the summer and then jumped right into working at the fence company, which kind of was my uh, formation into somebody who would eventually want to own a business and also, you know, my first opportunity to work manual labor and grow underneath a young boss at a small company, started off as a helper. And by the time I left five years later, I was kind of the guy, always his right hand man, because I stayed there the whole time, but running crews and doing sales and at, a you know, 21, 22 years old. So it was really kind of a early introduction in how to really work hard, bust your ass, you know, put in a serious day's labor. It was a lot of hand dug holes, you know, hand tamping posts and stuff like that. So it was sweating in the sun, working super hard and kind of got the opportunity to go work for a commercial contractor. Guy took a chance on me. I kind of wanted to get out of the sun, digging the holes every day. That was a little brutal. I didn't want to make that my lifetime career. And, uh, so, you know, enjoyed putting stuff together, putting, putting in a nice fence. And I was like, huh, like I got to get myself inside these houses and stop being outside, you know, getting hot and sweaty and dirty. So, uh, commercial construction was my first foray into a job site and kind of learning steel studs, drop ceilings, sheetrock, all that kind of stuff. And that was great. Um, had an opportunity to go out and work for a home remodeler, get the chance to, you know, work in somebody's house, a place where I thought it'd be a little bit easier someday to potentially start a business. I had no real connections in the commercial world. So I figured if I learned how to work on a house, eventually I'd hope to own a house. I could work on my own house. And I also know people that own houses so I could work on other people's houses, my friends and things like that. And uh, from there, worked an excavating job for a little bit, which is interesting, just trying to basically explore all aspects of construction and figure out what I wanted to do. And then ended up working at a property management company, which was finally like, all right, I got, this is time. It was that last kick in the butt, like get out there, do your own thing. And like I said, 2018 cracked out. I worked out of my garage for three years basically, and was able to finally land a lease at this space here where I work now at my shop, uh, which is right down the street from my house last summer. So I've been here just over a year, fully set up really only like the last nine months, unfortunately, because it takes time to build out all the systems, electrical, dust collection, everything else like that, and get everything working the way you want it to. And um, yeah, here we are. I'm trying to basically sell custom cabinetry to high-end homeowners who are working on remodeling projects. I really want to make great partnerships with contractors so I can work essentially not directly with the customer, but selling stuff to them. And I basically want people to understand that I have a woodworking shop. I have the ability to do all sorts of different stuff. And basically, once you come here and see what I'm capable of, hopefully we have the ability to work together on all sorts of fun custom stuff because that's really where you know I've made my specialty, designing really you know, fun and interesting aspects of like even that kitchen Keith was talking about earlier, um, you know, really designing and all those fun details, making it super user friendly. That's kind of where I take my pride and obviously executing it at a very high level is also, you know, part of the fun. For anyone who doesn't follow Matt, when right before he got the lease of this place, 
we used to joke that he was the hardest working man on Instagram. The guy goes <laughs> nonstop. He was building gardens and rock walls at his house and ponds and that he's working all day and he's crazy. Then he gets the shop. If you don't follow him, go check out his Instagram. This shop is amazing. It looks like a cathedral almost. It's pretty wild looking. But when he was building it, I think he did most of your stuff in stories, right? So yeah, unfortunately, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of where I live for a lot of the content that I put up. Yeah, social media, Instagram. I mean, I've been trying to be a lot better in the last, you know, couple months here, putting up more of a finished product as the post up there, so people can really see. If I'm if I'm driving people, my customer, my hopefully my future customers to that page, it ought to represent what they're going to get in their house, not necessarily every single post being about the process or whatever I'm doing, setting up the shop. Like, yeah, all the f- people that I'm friends with on Instagram love to see the new tools and moving this in and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, clients need to see finished, awesome cabinetry right there at the at the page. So it's like the stories have kind of been where I've lived as far as keeping an up-to-date thing of what I'm up to, I guess. It's just an easy, quick thing. You don't really have to think about it. It doesn't take a lot of time. I feel like back in the day, I would spend forever crafting this oh i gotta type out the perfect caption blah blah, blah. even now when i'm posting it's really not a ton of effort and i feel like you know the, these days we talk you guys talk about it enough like you can put an hour into a reel it could get 10 views you could put 30 seconds into a reel it could go to a million so it's like why waste your time really yeah it's it's almost the least common denominator yeah, but- and, and and you're kind of you're sorry keith the you're idea there seems to make a lot of sense too where you're attracting customers to your page and then it makes a lot of sense to me so yeah yeah it's just it's where i have most of my work i guess i have a uh, website but unfortunately you know due, due to being that one-man show you don't necessarily get around to doing things like updating the website uh right yeah. now if if you were to navigate to my page you would really think i'm still pushing remodeling really hard there's a ton of pictures of people's houses torn apart put back together stuff like that like before and after transformation type deals and really you know i'd rather become the cabinet contractor not the general contractor um just because as like i said right now as one guy i thought like oh let's do like take in as much scope as possible but it's almost smarter if even in the end if i want to get back to doing more gcing and then have a, a functional cabinet shop that other guys are operating instead of me with my own two hands, that you almost have to give it away for a period of time, really specialize in the cabinets, become super proficient in that, build the systems, build the employees up, have that whole thing rocking and rolling. And then you can say, oh, you want to remodel your kitchen? Well, I'll be the general contractor and build the cabinets and not get caught into you know a super lengthy project that I've unfortunately you know, gotten myself into before, just like I said, being almost a little too greedy, wanting to control every aspect of it. It's almost smarter in the end. You just got to let everybody else who's a professional at that part of it do that and then get back to doing what you know how to do and eventually, you know, build a business that can potentially take on more capacity. It's a smart way of going about it. Yeah, definitely is. And- you learn the hard way though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's one of that's one advantage you guys have down there is where like the amount of people that are in such a well to me it's a small area it's like your economy of scale is quite good down there compared to like what it is up here like i'm in what they consider a fairly large city and surrounding area is about 100k like i mean where you're at i'm sure there's quite a few more in connecticut than than here i i know i i should have gotten up on my uh my facts before i hopped on here but 
I want to say it's got to be at least a couple million people that live in Connecticut. So yeah, um, well, I remember driving down through. We went to New York City one time with the family, and we started what I felt we hit New York traffic in Connecticut for sure. <laughs> so oh, so yeah. it started to slow up then. Yep. No, if you're not from around the Northeast or anywhere like close to us, Connecticut's known for yeah the trafficy spot between New York and Boston. But it's what <laughs> I call home, and I love it. So leave me alone. <laughs> Uh, Three point five million in Connecticut. Oh, see, I was I didn't I didn't go too big. That's good. So yeah, a couple million. Three point five. Um, and yes, I live. I'm quite fortunate. I live in a pretty, um, you know, I I like to say I have the cheapest house on the nice street kind of deal. Like I live in a nice area, but you know, my place isn't particularly crazy. It's just we we have nice neighborhoods around us, I guess, which is cool. And hopefully, you'd be surprised though. I thought I was telling somebody the other day. I thought. Opening a shop, putting up signs, just establishing a presence here. I figured more people would have just kind of popped in over the last, you know, like I said, it's been 12, 14 months at this point that I've had signs out there. And it's like, you don't really get, even like you said, Tony, it's kind of funny to think about. There is a ton of people, but everyone's got their heads, you know, in their phones or whatever. And they're just not even checking out what's going around. If I saw something like this pop up, you know, five years ago, say there's a, you know, me, somebody else obviously doing this, I would have said, Hey, what are you doing here? Hey, can I get a job here? Like whatever. Like, and it's just, I don't know. It's different. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. I think here that would be a common thing. Like you would have not many people calling, but you'd have somebody just, just stumble in and be like, what do you do here? And then they'd be like, because they'd say that, but they knew they kind of have an idea what you do and then go, Oh, do you think you could do this for me? And then that's how it would start. Absolutely. I love that. That honestly to me, that's like I enjoy that kind of stuff. The the conversations that start with somebody walking in the door that going back to what we were talking about first thing with that little clock thing, that was a complete walk in. He was a neighbor. He's and you know what? He's an old timer. So he's the type of guy that does look around and says, <laughs> Hey, look, what's this little shop here? Let's go see if he wants to build a little clock stand. Like that's the you know, unfortunately the guy, you know, he's a he's a little advanced in age, but you know, we need more people like that. Yeah, we definitely. got away from that clock. What is that clock? So essentially, oh yeah, we did because we, we kind of screwed it back to the beginning. So back to now that we're fully caught up and here we are 2022, <laughs> a couple days till Maker's Camp, I had made a clock stand. The guy came in with a picture of a clock stand and a clock that was made by Salem Clock Company, which on the little gold tag that it had on it said Hartford, Connecticut, which is super cool. So Whenever Salem Clock Company was around, they were making it 20 minutes down the road here in Hartford, which is awesome. And uh, there's a little sticker that he has in the back. He actually picked it up at an auction one town over uh, in 2017 or something. He had it repaired in 2021 and then clearly was like, hey, let's display this you know, fun antique clock that we have and found you know, a, basically a stand online that would have worked shape-wise and everything for the style that it is. It's almost like a ship's clock i would almost say like it's round yeah, it's kind of got like a brass it sticks out a little bit with a little bezel on the back with some almost like a porthole type deal with some screws that you can put in um so you obviously you could probably mount it to a wall if you wanted but it, this is like a little thing you could set it on a table it's got a cool back plate that kind of traces around the outside and almost like a cove crown molding that's cut out in the shape of the bottom of the clock and it rests in there on a little piece of um i actually got to order that um the brown felt to finish it off so it's cool. It's a cool job. And one of those cool things that, you know, I have the ability to do stuff like that. And it was perfect for the way the shop was jammed up, get into a little teeny project like that. And actually, the one thing I did not mention, which is kind of the cool factor of it, is the guy dropped off the chunk of wood. So it was a picture and a chunk of wood 
can you do this? And I kind of was just like, yeah, let's do it. And, you know, obviously built some prototypes before I cut into his beautiful piece of birch, but it was, it was cool. Do you know if there's a history with that piece of wood with this guy? So we'll do this one as fast as I possibly can. <laughs> I live, oh, cause it's, it's cool and it's worth talking about, but I'll, I'll try to do it fast. So basically there is a neighborhood behind my house. I live on a bit of a main road, but there's a cul-de-sac and stuff back there. We walk our dogs back there, my wife and I, and now our young son. And there's a woman who saw us and whatever. She eventually figured out that I was the guy that was here, came on one day, donated a whole bunch of veneer, like very expensive, exotic woods, really neat stuff. Her father, come to find out, was a huge ornamental turner. So I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this stuff. There's a foundation. I think it's called the Plumier Foundation. I might be pronouncing it wrong, but... It's somewhere near me, Connecticut, New York, something like that. And they have displays of all these really cool lathes where they almost look like uh, very intricate clockwork. And they're set up to make these um, eccentric cuts, like not linear patterns. Like it's, it's hard to explain. You get better off just kind of Googling it. And this guy, this woman's father, who had unfortunately passed away, was huge with this type of turning with this foundation and was apparently a collector of all sorts of crazy woods, had a collection of what she told me was over 5,000 small, maybe three by three, five by five samples of all different species of wood, all categorized, all set up. And so unfortunately, not did not get to know him, but this piece of wood came from that guy's personal collection because the guy who dropped off the clock was a friend of the man who passed. So um, Alan Bugby, I believe was his name. And if anybody who hears this somehow knows him, God, that would be so cool if you could reach out to me and somehow make that connection full come full circle. Because it's it's a shame <laughs> I didn't get to know him. He had a wicked cool shop set up at his house. He was into metalworking stuff, like real fine, almost like Bridgeport milling, but like, you know, little tiny things because clearly that was his jam. And um, yeah, I saw some of his work. It's just real small, but unbelievably intricate wooden objects that he had the ability to make on these machines that he had back there. And I, once again, didn't get to see any of the equipment, but was able to inherit some of the veneer. And hopefully, you know, once again, if I can get a job where someday I go up there and pick out some cool slices and able to put them into a door panel or something like that for somebody, that would be, you know, I'd love that kind of stuff where it has a story, history, local to me, like all hyper local. We're talking within a mile of the shop and within a half a mile of my house, all this, you know, all these people live or lived, you know, back in the day. Nice. It's kind of cool. So there is a Very little bit cool. of a neighborhood aspect to it, I guess. Tony, I lied a little bit. There yeah. has been one one cool instance of it. I just want, how about this? I'm greedy. I want more of it. it it's, that's the kind of stuff that lights me up. Making that guy's day, getting to be a part of that. And, you know, obviously somebody trusting me to drop off a piece that he's he's clearly been hanging on to. I think the guy died, you know, four or five years ago. So it's at least that long, if not longer. Where yeah, is this Plumier? Plumier. Where is it? I, that That's an Instagram page. I actually looked it up after talking. She mentioned the name first to me because her dad was like either a member or something. And um, like I said, they have an Instagram and they post pretty frequently. And and it's like I said, it's just really cool stuff to watch. Um, super slow moving because like I said, it's like moving in like I, I can't really describe it. So it's like curvy patterns, but they're all concentric and they interlock it, or not interlock, but like intercross or whatever. As it's cutting, it look, it makes like really cool designs. Yeah, because I'm looking at one here in Port Chester, New York, and that's yeah, the yeah, same, yeah. That's that's, that's the, the same one. one. Yep, yeah, I think that's pretty close to me. 
This stuff is amazing. With the it's a, it's incredible. And I was once I started to see it, and like I was so sad that I I didn't know this guy. I didn't live here long enough. You know, we, we've been in. I'm from the area. I grew up within you know 20 minutes of here, but to this town in particular, to this house, we moved here in 2017. So it's all uh, all For new to me. For the listeners, think of uh, the spirograph thing you used to have as a kid with the gears, and it would make the patterns. But think of that in three-dimensional wood, and it's not just spirograph stuff. It is unbelievable. Check it out. Plumere Foundation. I'll spell it P-L-U-M-I-E-R. Really, really neat. Wow. I didn't even know this was a thing. They're getting a yeah, follow right? from me. Isn't that crazy? It's like one of those Ooh. things. Like, imagine how deep. Like, you, we think we have rabbit holes that we get into. That to me looks like the ultimate woodworker's rabbit hole. Like, you start getting into the machine that looks like that, dude. You're never coming back. Like, you're gonna be there in front of that thing for the rest of your life. Could you imagine if you were one of these guys? Oh, you're a Turner. That's cute. <laughs> exactly. Oh my goodness. Could you imagine? Oh my god, that's so adorable. You and your little lathe. That's so cute. Spinning in a circle. Oh my goodness. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's cute. Hilarious. I, I have 45 axes on my lathe. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, I, can't, I can't wait to check that out tonight. Oh man, yeah, it's it's definitely something. One of those things that you could probably just put it on like TV and just watch it, like just seeing all the movements and all the things going. It's just it's a beautiful thing. It's like like I said, it's almost like a really really high end like clock or something with all the stuff just twi- twisting at the perfect rotation, all that kind of stuff. It's so cool. It's amazing. Like that's gizmosity at its highest. There you go. Thank you very much. Excellent. That's the if there's a word that applies right there, that's it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I can't wait to check this out. I wonder if it's weird that it's called a foundation. Like, I wonder if it's a place we can go check out one day. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, I'm sure there's some type of, uh, you know, what they're doing demonstrations or the, they have the machines, you know, set up that people come in and use. I don't know. It looks like kind of a museum type. There we go. Field I don't know trip, that baby. for sure. I'm just cruising their page here. Sounds like I'm a field de- trip's in order. Yeah, I think we're going to have to plan this, Matt. I'm with it. <laughs> It's not too far away. No, no, it's the tri-state area. It's close exactly. enough. No, it's, it works for me. If Tony's coming down 10 hours, we can't be complaining about, you know, an hour and a half drive to go see something as cool as that. Right, <laughs> right. That's I definitely want to go. I know. Maker's Camp is just going to be just so cool. And the only thing that I feel obligated to mention that I have yet to mention is that I will also be part of this uh, sauced up woodworking tent. So I'm doing a demo. Um, I'll be doing how to build a five piece cabinet door. So if that's interesting to you, come find me at makers camp and I'll show you the way with a router table and a set of bits. You can get rocking and rolling and make some pretty beautiful stuff with your basic tools, obviously table saw, joiner, plater, all those other things help as well, but there'll be (laughs) demonstrations on how to get two wood ready to make a cabinet door from. I'll take you through that part. And we got all sorts of guys there that are going to be doing, you know, everything else. And it's going to be a great time. So if you have a chance to, I'd love to have a couple people in the audience because it's going to be my first foray into teaching anything. I'm a little nervous in that sense, but excited that, you know, people have entrusted me, believe I'm an authority enough at what I do to be able to instruct others on how to get the job done safely. So it should be fun. I think you're going to do fine. I was talking to Rob DeMarco too. He's like, oh, I've never taught before. I'm teaching at this thing. I'm like you're going to do fine. It's fine. You know it. Like it's it's ingrained in your soul. You know it. You're fine. Yep. It's the, that it's said, the one thing. Yeah. That said, I'd be a nervous wreck if it were me. So I'm <laughs> I'm glad I'm not doing it. 
Ah, it's all right. It's it's good. It's good pressure. You know, it's nothing. It's all friends. Nobody. What, somebody can get mad at me if I say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing. It's like no. You got you got other guys around me. Yeah, or if yeah. you have to stop for a second. Exactly. Yeah. No, it is what it is. It's just I'm. And if there's nobody standing there, there's nobody standing there. I'm not going to get my heart broken because nobody cares about cabin doors. You know, it is what it is. I, you know, yeah, there's I a lot of different stuff going on. I don't think that's going to be an issue. I think we're going to be. It's going to be busy this year. I think. Yeah. Uh, you guys have been mentioning that. I'm curious to see what we're what we're talking about. You know, a 200 person influx sounds like if they're 200 more week full weekenders, that's going to be yeah. There's going to be it's a serious crowded, throttle yeah. up of uh, yeah of people. So um, I'm excited to see you know all my all my friends that really it's kind of I was just telling somebody actually what day is today Sunday. So um, yesterday I was over at a friend's house and just talking about Maker's Camp and it's like. It's funny to talk to friends that I've had since, you know, being a kid, being so excited to go and hang out with people that they have no idea about. They don't have an Instagram. They don't know any of these maker people. They don't know who Jimmy is. They, they could care less. And it's just like to, to be so excited about something like that is just if you asked me five years ago, it's like, I, you know, it wouldn't have mattered. I wouldn't have cared. But like now it's like this maker's camp, I feel, has made it's made the Instagram time that I've spent in the relationships that I've kind of made on there, you know, in the DMs and comments and whatever, going back and forth. Like the Maker's Camp is like the absolute cement that just is like, all right, we're boys, like we're friends. Like this is so cool. Like yeah. it just takes it all to such a next level. And uh I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm just super amped and I gotta make sure I get my stuff done before then. But I think in the way things are looking right now, as long as I get my cherry project fit this upcoming week, makers can't make a swap thing out the door, ready to go, and hopefully have my clock base over to my friend Steve. I'll be ready to pack my van up, throw the route. I got to bring some tools up, which should be fun, and uh, yeah, just get ready, set, get set up, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna be really happy to see everybody. So, well, tell the wife is the wife coming. So that's the one slight difference from last year. Yes, last year we kind of had a a little bit of a baller situation we had an rv and it was it was really you know we were treating ourselves so to speak and this year you know we have our son now um you know we're not really thinking that he's gonna be having a great time sitting up there all weekend so we're, we're gonna parse it down to i obviously have to be there the whole time i'm doing the demos and helping and whatever so i'll be there whatever from thursday or excuse me friday morning all the way through the end of sunday probably and she's going to spend the day up there on Saturday is the game plan. So oh, she's so still she coming. Yeah. She's still Makes coming. Sense. She's going to, she's going to bring Brody. So that's going to be fun. Everybody, oh, uh, awesome. you know, be nice to my son when you see him. He's a, he's a good guy. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's definitely going to be fun and it'll be cool to be able to, you know, cause she doesn't want to miss it either. She has, she has friends that she met there last year. She wants to go back and check it out. And, um, so you know, of course, come see her awesome husband, you know, do his woodworking skills in front of everybody. That's that's the thing you can't you don't want to miss that as a wife. Come on. <laughs> so last year I was being run ragged over at the maker swap table and Viz noticed it one day. And I think it was Saturday. Like I was just exhausted. Maybe it was Sunday morning. I was just thoroughly exhausted and out of it and whatever. And Viz comes over with his wife sweet as can be hands me a cup and he had told me for weeks leading up to it he got this bowler rv spending a lot of money on it blah 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 and it was a nice rv he comes over with a coffee cup because if you don't know viz he's very into his coffee very into his coffee so he brings me this nice fancy cup of coffee and he hands it to me he's like hey man you look a little tired 
I figured you needed a cup of coffee, which I did. It was a complete lifesaver. Saved my day. He's <laughs> like, now, now be careful because uh, this is the cup that goes to the RV. I can't lose it. I'll lose my security deposit on the RV. I do not lose this cup because he knows I, I'm all over the place. I drink the cup of coffee. I'm more than gracious. I have it next to me all day. Like for like an hour, I'm moving it as I go down the table, checking people in. The cup has been empty for over an hour. Then it's gone. And I forgot about it. And I thought we had cleaned up, packed everything up and the swap was over. And I'm like, uh, where'd that cup go? Cause now all the items are gone and the cup's gone and I am freaking out. I'm literally going through bags. I went into the trailer. I went back to my room. I went to my car. I'm looking everywhere for this cup, everywhere. I even went so much as to like pull lids off garbage cans and look in the garbage cans that were around me in case somebody saw this cup and threw it away. Hours go by and I'm like, that's it. I got to pay a security deposit. That's it. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I have no plane money for the next two months. Like I, I don't know what to do. So I just succumb to it. I'm looking for Matt, looking for Matt. Finally, like, how did it come about, Matt? Was it you or, or Jackie? Oh, my goodness. I, I believe I got her to break the news to you because I, I couldn't bring myself to do it. So, so Jackie days. comes over to me and she goes, did Matt tell you about the mug? I'm like, yeah, he did. It's it's, it's a very important mug. I, I lost it. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll pay the security. I'll do whatever. She goes, oh, who picked it up, you or her? I, I think it was me because I if she picked it up, she would have told you. That would have been the nice thing to do. I picked it up. I was like, ah, whatever. It's cool. We got the mug. Keith doesn't care. <laughs> Over here, he's pulling his hair out. He's going up and down. Oh, my God. It's so funny. Oh, so I was so stressed on top of everything else about this stupid coffee mug. And she comes over and she's like, did Viz tell you that he took the coffee mug back to the thing? Uh-huh. I was like, no. And I told her the whole story of how I thought I had all the money. I was looking at garbage kids. She goes, yeah, we thought you would have calmed down after the swap, but you still look stressed. I figured it was about something. Oh my goodness! Oh, oh was man, I'm so was... mad, <laughs> but like uh, laughingly. But oh, that was oh god, it was it was a total bonehead mood. It was probably like you know, in my head, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm just I'm just doing what I asked him to do. Bring me the cup back, like it's cool. And you're probably talking to somebody. I'm like, yeah, whatever, it's great. And then yeah, of course, like you know, so with I that give said, you all sorts of heartache. With that said, I I'm taking a very special coffee mug from my kitchen since you're teaching a class. And I'm going to come over when you're teaching and give you a cup of coffee, but I'm going to need that mug back. <laughs> I, I, I will absolutely. I'm honestly going to probably tie it to my hip to make sure that you cannot take it from me and do anything like that back to me. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll see. Oh God. This is, it's coffee's game on at this be, point. <laughs> coffee's not going to be as good as yours. I don't do that artisanal stuff. Hey, listen, I'll definitely be picking up a couple of bags. Actually, it's become a bit of a routine. I, I kind of forgot about it until just a second. Every time I haven't been up to uh Catskills in a while, but every time I make the drive from our house up to the Blackthorn, we stop at Irving farm coffee. And if somehow you're making your way and you see this place, do yourself a favor Grab yourself either a cup or a bag. I do the obviously both cup and bag of beans or multiple bags of beans because it's that good. And um, yeah, it's it, that'll be what I'm brewing up at Maker's Camp. Whatever I pick up on the way is what'll be coming out of the Chemex. So once again, if you're a coffee head like myself, I'm more than happy to pour you a glass. I'm doing it to share. So come find me. I do love my coffee. I'm going to drink your coffee. Please do. No, I'll but probably I'm, buy I'm, three, four bags. I'll just, I'll just bring my own mug this year. 
Exactly. Do, play, do yourself a favor. And I'll, I'll have to see. I got to go to my basement and check um, how many more of those ICAG mugs I have. The the brown ones that I was passing out to a few people last year. I got to make sure I put a, a, a one in each one of your guys' hands for sure. I appreciate <laughs> that. That would be nice. That one, that one Keith, I'm not going to ask for that one back. It's all yours. <laughs> you keep it. You're just going to check in weekly. Do you still exactly. have it? <laughs> hey, you didn't, you didn't drop it yet, did you? You didn't break it. I want to see a picture of it whole with with the with your date with the you know calendar next to it <laughs> with today's newspaper <laughs> exactly yeah exactly that's so funny oh, oh my fun. goodness no it's a it, the coffee wars are that was that was a classic story that was very very funny accidental but turned into just such was, a yeah, rolling like, riot of a joke it's an accidental thing which you guys played up the joke afterwards oh goodness exactly it just it was too good to leave it alone at that point it, we were loving it. But yeah, definitely excited to see everybody. Peters boys will be back up there. Green Street boys, everybody. Obviously, all of my woodworking friends underneath the tent. You boys, so it'll it'll be awesome. It's gonna be really fun. really cool. And yeah, it'll be fun. Hopefully, there'll be a good balance with enough people underneath that tent doing different things, doing demonstrations multiple times. There'll be times where we can all kind of hopefully peel away. And like you you guys have talked about it too. Maybe not so much during the day, maybe a quick walk around here and there, but more at night is where, you know, we'll be able to go over and hit the forges and do some of that stuff. So, yeah, yeah. like all of us are going to be busy, like the guys that hung out last year, we're all going to be busy during the day doing our thing. Yep. So, no, it makes sense. It'll be That'll fun be nice at, at night. Yep, exactly. It's kind of one of those weekends you go into it. That's why, like, once again, you got to hit the coffee hard. You know, you know, you're not going to sleep much when you're at Baker's Camp. If you're if you're there to extract as much as you can out of the experience that's kind of the thing and it was one of those things too my wife thought about oh should we get a hotel room close by like will you be up late like do you think you'll come back to the hotel and i was like jacks <laughs> you you remember friday night excuse me saturday morning i arrived back at the rv 2 30 and sunday morning i arrived back at the rv at 4 30 so no no i would probably getting a hotel would be a little bit of a you know of a waste of breaking your heart thinking I'm coming home because what's it's, crazy it's is it goes from uh, like the start of your day, like when you wake up and you eat breakfast, it's nice and slow, and then things start to happen and the the, the demonstrations start, and then the demonstrations are going and going, and then the demonstrations are over and it's dinner time, and then the after party starts, and then the sun's coming up, and you're like, I should probably go to bed now, <laughs> and, and it was 15 minutes ago I ate breakfast, but. Uh, I should go to bed. It's yeah. so weird how fast it goes. Yeah. When you crank the fun up that high, the speed just is, I mean, the time that passes by is just a blur. Yeah. Everyone tries to cram in so much time to meet everyone. The time goes yeah. quick. No, I was, I don't know. I can't remember a time I had a more hoarse voice than that Sunday night. I remember coming home in the thing with Jackie. I couldn't even talk. Like I was driving the RV. We had the windows down and I had to like roll them up in, in order for her to hear me. I had just bad last year. You weren't teaching a class. Now you're going right? to scream into the back of the class. That's that's a really good point. I I, I ought to figure out how to uh, prolong my voice because yeah, if I lose my voice after you know two o'clock on Saturday, I'm going to be like you know needing a microphone to be able to get my point across. It's going to be lemon and salt water. <laughs> I know. Seriously, no. Listen, I'm here for all the home remedies. Let me know. Lemon and salt water. I'm I'm gonna, I'll just chug it every day before I get going. I've never had that, but I I think that's what uh, people who sing a lot. Use. Okay, no, because like I said, I've really never had the issue besides that one weekend where yeah, the entire time. And honestly, what ends up happening too is like you're standing 
near somebody doing something loud or whatever. So you're, I feel like every time your, your voice is always elevated and you wear yeah. it out that much quicker. So, Oh, and we'll then see. like when the music's on at night, you're yeah, yelling at people. Uh, dude, honestly, <laughs> if there's one, if there's one thing that like, I'm definitely an old man at heart, it's uh, loud music does nothing for me. If you're there to hang out with people, like even at a bar, like, you know, why is it so loud? Like we're here to talk. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on. I don't want to scream to, to the person that's like, you know, a foot away from me. Well, the good thing about Maker Camp is one night it was down below. The next yeah. night it was at the pavilion. So like, absolutely, it moves. and there's fires going on everywhere, like bonfires. So you could just move to a different bonfire and then it's quiet. And that's sure. cool. No, no, I agree. And that's, that's the fun. It's no matter where you go, no matter where you walk. I feel like it's, that's actually the funny thing. If you plan on making it, like, say you have to walk across Maker's Camp, one end to another. You better have like at least 45 minutes to do so because you're going to probably see 20 people that you need to say hi to between now and then. It's like, yeah. it's insane. I remember somebody sent me, it was terrible. I think, I forget, it might've been Tiff. Can you go get me this? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll be right back. And it was like an hour had gone by and I finally saw her again. She's like, dude. And I'm like, I am so sorry, Tiff. I saw this person. I saw this person. I saw this person. And she's like, oh, I get it. It's no big deal. Like, I just completely missed something I was supposed to, you know, do a meter somewhere or whatever. I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. It's just, you get well, caught up. Well, constantly. what's crazy is during the day you see everyone because you're all in the mix and doing, but you're busy doing, you're not talking to people. There's no social, I mean, there is, but unless you're like waiting next to somebody or working next to somebody, you're not really talking to them all day. So then you cram in all that social interaction to the nighttime. And that's why, you know, to try and meet 500 of your closest friends in one night, is, is pretty rough. It's pretty it's rough. overwhelming. <laughs> 500 of your closest friends. That's actually, they should, oh, they should, that's how they should advertise in the future. You and 500 of your closest friends meet us in the Catskills. I was on in the <laughs> shop, uh, I don't know, a couple weeks ago talking the maker swap and uh one of those guys i think it was ben or somebody was saying how uh keith doesn't need new friends he should have a t-shirt made on on the back says no new friends and then Corey was talking about a makeshift this week he's like he should really have one that says keep back 500 feet so i gotta make that shirt this week for maker <laughs> camp so if you That's see it i mean it i don't need new friends and stay back 500 feet <laughs> that's awesome Oh. Like, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Not really. No, it should be good. I'm I'm definitely Yeah. I can't wait. I'm gonna have so much fun there. My wife's coming this year, Viz. Oh, very nice. No, I met her a few times, a couple of the hammer ins earlier yeah. this year. I believe I hit the first and the and the one in May. Um and yeah, I, I, did you go to both of them? Or she came to at I least did. one of them. I did. She went to one of them, just the regular hammer in. For yeah. sure. Yeah, no, so, that's so you really hit everything then. You you hit the hammer ins and the forge project. I know. Camp. So unfortunately, that's the only one. Are you talking to Keith? Keith, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say the 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 um forge is the only one I didn't make for the the blacksmith events this year. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, I did not make the timber in. Neither did I. Unfortunately, that's I did the, the project thing, the year the before. I'm bummed every year because that's the one thing I really want to do. Like, did you did you do the one in 21? No, I've, I haven't. Uh, so that was fun. I was able to make it to that one. I went for one day because, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be only two hours from the camp. So yeah, I scooted it up on a Saturday. Day. Yeah, oh yeah, and a day trip is it's it's a push in the car, but it's not the end of the world. And um, yeah, no, the Timberins are definitely a blessing. Like, I, like obviously, we saw the thing go up last year for Aaron. 
I'm definitely pumped yeah. to see this this bridge and and hopefully you know be able to sneak in a little bit of cutting or something because running that chain mortiser there there isn't much more fun equipment out there than a than a Makita chain mortiser I must say I know like there's higher end ones or something that I don't know the names of but that's the one I put my hands on a few times and that thing is that's <laughs> a that's a that's a piece of equipment right there it gets the job done so oh yeah worth. in a hurry for sure so hopefully I, Justin save me save me one mortise I'm putting it out there save me one I want to do one. <laughs> I, I think I, I think it's all done. I mean, the fine every every cut. It. I thought they did some. I remember them doing making some sawdust a little bit last year. Oh, I don't know. Oh, maybe yeah. I'm mistaken. Maybe it was all just assembly. I I, I don't want to speak out of turn here. I got to stay in my lane. We'll, we'll we'll do a call back to that. Stay in my lane. <laughs> stay in your lane, Viz. Stay in your lane. Yeah. No, it should be good. The uh, I'm ex- I'm actually that's one of the events I want to I'm contemplating going to that next year. Like the uh, timber, and it looks like a lot of fun. So, for sure. But I'll stay in my lane and and uh, talk about our other sponsor, which is Maritime Knife Supply. Uh, MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. You can get them at .com and .ca. Um, get all your well, your one-stop shop for for makers. He's got uh, everything from belts to forges to anvils, hammers, tongs, everything. Coffee. Can, he even he has coffee. coffee Rise and grind. I, you guys it. just put together my uh, my order. I'm going to have to use the working <laughs> hands uh, discount code. Also throw a bag of coffee in there. And the one piece of the blacksmithing operation here at home for me that's missing is a Ford. So I'll have to do a little shopping around and see if I can pr- hit my price point on his website and get something in the mail. <laughs> yeah, he's got uh, and the one nice thing that he does promote quite a bit is his shipping is really good. And then you take advantage of the USD to can the Canadian dollar exchange. So you gain 30% on it. So lovely. So, Oh, looks like we're keeping Keith up now. It's been a long day. He's well, getting old. Standing on my feet. He's been, he's been well with it all day. He's, he's, he's tired. <laughs> he's been riding stuffies. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I think I think we should uh, I think we should thank our patrons while we're here before we head off. Tony, do you get your paperwork ready? I got my paperwork. You guys are uh, a big reason why we do it. Yes, so definitely. Thank you all. So we'll go through the list here. We got Corey of Odyssey CNC, the Etsy Boys, Christy of Twisted Twine, Annette of Five One Three Woodworks, Hot Iron Metalworks, Full Steam Designs by Chris Powell, Lillian Archer Photography, David Beck with Makes. NB Woodfinery. and our top tier, we have Espoke Studios, Danelle Smith Christian, Brian Drennan, of course, Lawrence of Maritime Knife Supply, Ed Johns, Uncle Sam Metalworks, Green Street Joinery, Vincent Ferrari, Brian Housewert of Work For It Podcast, Artigino Sorio, Matt of Wooden Mustache, Lee of Regal Street, Brent of Clean Cut Woodworking, who's actually, he's going to be at camp as well. In, I think he's going to be in that tent. Uh, Brad of Brad's Customs. David and Joanna of... Uh, he sent this to me, and I told him I wouldn't screw it up. Weedworks? No, it's Wido. Wido works. It's, it's He says it's German. It's said... Okay. He spelled it out phonetically for me, and that's what it was. <laughs> and then finally, we have Chad of Chad's Custom Creations. Thank oh, you, everyone. Who's that, who's that guy? I don't know. <laughs> it seems Thank you all. The name seems familiar. It does seem familiar. 
<laughs> I, I I'm just kind of sad we lost the uh, the toilet repair guy. Uh, I'm not. Finally, <laughs> finally changed it. it. Anyway, uh, thank you all. If if you don't want to support us through Patreon, that's fine. We'd appreciate it if you share the show, share our posts on Instagram, whatever you can do. Tell a friend, all that stuff. Leave a review and anything you think that would help us, please do it. We'd appreciate it. Uh, with that, I think we're going to head over to the after show. If you want to find Matt, Matt Viz and all his craziness, check him out on Instagram at I-K-A-G-Viz, V-I-Z. And that's I know a guy, Viz. Um, he's a great follow, watches stories. They're always fun and interesting. There's a lot of tips. And he's got the coolest setup of tools in any shop out there if you're a tool guy. Uh, if you want to find Tony, you can find him at Woodland Iron. I'm at Blackthorn Concepts. You can find both of us at Working Hands Podcast. You can email us at Working Hands Podcast at Gmail. With that, I say we call it a wrap, boys. Later. Have a good night. <laughs>